From a new football commitment to multiple men's basketball players entering the transfer portal, there's a lot of stuff to talk about on this episode of the show. Let's get right on into it. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, and I also do some PA analysis work for the university in various sports. I want to take this time, as always, to personally thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. A lot of good stuff to talk about on today's episode of the show. We will start out by talking about a new football commitment in three-star tight end Jamari Johnson and discussing what he brings to the Cardinals program. Um, We will then transition into men's basketball and talk about some of the departures um, that have entered the transfer portal over the past week. Matt Cross, Noah Locke, and Dre Davis. And then finally, I didn't forget, the weekly mailbag will be conducted um, to wrap up the show. But we will start out talking about the newest football commitment for the Louisville Cardinals. That is three-star tight end slash athlete Jamari Johnson from Inglewood, California. Uh, 6'5", 250 pounds, uh, has risen up a, a lot of rankings here over the past couple months and has racked up a ton of offers. Currently, he has offers from Florida State, Michigan, Michigan State, Arizona, so on and so forth, and his stock will only continue to rise in the 2023 cycle. As we, um, you know, get to summer camps and, and all of that good nature, but um, definitely one of the um, one of the tight ends that has seen his stock in the rankings rise, um, you know, more over the past couple months. Uh, Greg Biggins uh, from Twenty Four Seven Sports that really specializes in the recruiting landscape over in the West and the Southwest um, portion of the United States, especially California. Um, he had this to say um, after the Under Armour Next All-America camp. Uh, Inglewood athlete Jamar Johnson is one of the more intriguing prospects in the West Coast 23 class. He was one of our top performers at the Under Armour Next All-America camp in Southern California two weeks ago, and his and his game is rapidly developing. He was recently bumped up to a high-level three-star with an 89 rating and is definitely on four-star watch. Um, Johnson is a coveted quarterback, and it's, cra- and it's crazy to see how fast he has developed as a pure pass catcher at the UA camp. He looked great going through the gauntlet drill and has some of the strongest hands we've seen. He's a huge kid and looked all of 6'5", 250 pounds, but looked comfortable running his routes and getting separation. He catches the ball well through contact and should be among the most heavily recruited tight ends in the country by the end of the summer, he goes on to say a lot more. So, you know, check it, check that out. Um, you know, Greg B- Biggins um, does a lot of great work over at 24-7 Sports. When I watched film on Jamari Johnson, I think that the athleticism for his size really stands out. Um, you know, six foot, 250 pounds, he really moves well for his size, um, has great hands, has, you know, you know extremely underrated footwork. Um, not only being a quarterback, but you know the, the the transition into being a pass catcher, and not only being able to do that, but do it very well. Um, I, I think that that versatility, um, his ability to get into the second line of the defense, 
is um, are, are two valuable skills that the University of Louisville is going to be able to work with a ton on offense. Um, when you look at when the Louisville offense is at its deadliest, it is when Marshawn Ford is getting involved in the passing game and even in, in the rushing attack in which he is a great blocker. Um, you would have to assume that Scott Satterfield and company kind of had the same vision for Jamari Johnson um, with his size, a little bit bigger than Marshawn, you know, with Johnson being 6'5", 250 pounds. Um, but there, there's a saying that I, I've been kind of, or I, I haven't been recently since football is kind of out of season. There was a saying I used a lot over the course of the football season for the Louisville Cardinals that was, you know, Marshawn Ford is too quick uh, for opposing linebackers to, um, you know, try to guard him in coverage, but he's too, you know, big and strong for opposing defensive backs to guard him in coverage. So I think that that mismatch, you know, in, in you know, the offense to where you are able to be used in a lot of ways out wide, you know, out into a traditional tight end, um, you know, position and stuff like that. I really do think Jamari Johnson is going to be a four star by by the end of the 2023 class, uh, or when it comes time for signing day. And Greg Biggins, uh, pretty much all but reveals that that's possibly going to be the case. But um, you know, once again, Scott Satterfield and company going on the recruiting trail and, and getting a commitment from a player that has some big-time offers, you know, Michigan, Michigan State, Florida State, Arizona, the list goes on. He's going to add more, especially in summer camps. It's going to be a battle um, to get his signature uh, in early signing day or national signing day, whichever he uh, choose to uh, you know sign, whether that is in December or February. But ultimately, I, I think that his role for the Cardinals will be that of Marshawn Ford's, you know, a mismatch that they look to, um, you know, use to exploit the defense in many ways, um, whether that's out wide, whether that is, you know, in the slot, whether that is at the traditional, you know, tight end position. Um, I, I do think that Scott Satterfield and company have done a great job of, you know, switching things up and getting Marshawn Ford the ball in a variety of different ways. I'm interested to see how Josh Stepp, um, how the new tight ends coach, um, you know, plays a factor in that and, and what that looks like in terms of the, you know, the possible role that Johnson could be playing here at Louisville. But, um, you know, a seven-on-seven seven teammate of Pierce Clarkson, so you get that chemistry that um, those two already have. But not only that, the California to Louisville pipeline in the 2023 class um, you know, continues and the momentum continues. Um, it started with Pierce Clarkson, obviously, then Jalil McClain, and now um, Jamari Johnson. And if you have been paying attention to Pierce Clarkson's Twitter, uh, Cali to the Ville is not done yet. So um, very, very exciting times for the football recruiting class. Uh, that is now up to eight members and currently seventh it is ranked seventh in the 2023 team rankings. Uh, obviously, it is very early, but you have to, you know, tip your hat so far to you know Satterfield and the coaching staff for you know hearing the uh, criticism to you know the fan base's basically you know plea for re recruiting better, and the staff has done that. Um, you know, ESPN. I think that six of the eight commitments are. Uh, are, I'm sorry, 24-7 sports, six of the eight commitments are ranked inside of or just outside of the top 500. 
ESPN multiple four stars in this class, even more so than the 24-7 sports rankings. But I think that, you know, don't let the three-star ranking, you know, take away from the fact that Jamar Johnson, or don't let it take away your excitement from this commitment because Jamar Johnson is going to rise into being one of the highly uh, highest ranked um, tight ends in this class. Uh, he's ranked as an athlete currently, or listed as an athlete. I'm interested to see if they switch his uh, um, position officially on uh, the recruiting services and databases. But ultimately, I think that this is a huge commitment for the Cardinals' offense that is consistently getting better. Um, it, it started with you know Jalil McClain, and now you add um, you know not only. His high school or Pierce Clarkson's high school teammate. Now you add his, um, you know, seven on seven teammate. So you have that chemistry, and it does, you know, it adds another California prospect to this class and could possibly help, you know, basically keep some of these guys on board now that they have some of their friends in the class with them because, you know, it is a race to, you know, get these players' signatures. You know, recruiting is not over with just because of the fact that they're committed does not mean that you can stop recruiting them. So um, hopefully this momentum can carry over and we see more California kids commit to the Louis- commit to the Louisville Cardinals here in the near future. Um, but we want to now transition over into the basketball side of things. We talked about the key returning players on yesterday's episode. I want to flip the script and talk about three players that have entered the transfer portal over the last week or so. That is Matt Cross, Noah Locke, and Dre Davis. We will talk about what those departures mean for the Cardinals individually and collectively here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at Built Bar. It's beyond the time of the year when I'm pretty much giving up on all of my resolutions. But this year, as I've told you time and time again, I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar because it feels like it's not even a resolution. feels like a candy bar because I actually enjoy eating them. If you haven't tried the puffs, you are missing out there. The first ever protein-infused marshmallow, fluffy, marshmallow-y, marshmallow-y, whatever adjective you want to use to describe them. They're just not a protein bar, though. They're a treat. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, as are all of the Built Bar products. <clears throat> They're low-calorie, high in protein, so you can go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart and check that out. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, you know, from mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, look, they'll make it happen. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Once again, that is the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. As always, once again, I want to thank you for personally making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Lockdown Global Podcast is free on all streaming services, including YouTube now, new new YouTube channel, so be sure to check that out. Five days a week, your team, every day. We were expecting a ton of roster turnover from this past year's squad, and it, it kind of started out a little slow. Uh, Gabe Wisnitzer entered the portal, then it was Sam Williamson, uh, and then it seemed like the floodgates opened. Um, you know, multiple players entered. It seemed like in the span of a week, um, you know, Matt Cross and then Dre Davis and then most recently Noah Locke all entered the transfer portal. What does that mean for the Cardinals both on an individual level but also collectively? I think that you know, we'll start individually starting with Matt Cross. Obviously came into the university as you know a replacement for Quinn Slazinski was supposed to be a better shooter and have a little bit more offensive upside. Started out as one of the fan favorites due to his hustle, his unrelenting 
unrelentless, unrelentless, I can't even speak, unrelentless uh, work ethic, his swagger, that uh, toughness, that take-no-crap attitude, and the mentality that he played with. Um, you know, he quickly uh, won the hearts of the fans, but unfortunately really wasn't able to live up to the reputation of a shooter uh, that he had coming in. Uh, overall for the season, he shot 28.4% from behind the arc, which is, for lack of better terms, bad. Um, you know, for not only being a sub 30% three point shooter, but also as a guy that's, you know, coming into a situation to where he's being revered as a shooting up as an upgrade in the shooting department, um, for a player that, that had just left, he averaged 5.8 points per game, 4.6 rebounds. Um, I'm sorry, 3.9 rebounds played in 19.2 minutes per game on a nightly basis, uh, 28 games of action. 38.4% from the field. So ultimately, I think the what we're going to miss most is probably the idea or the potential that um, you know in a perfect world, Matt Cross is a Ryan McMahon type player with a little bit more offensive upside. Um, but unfortunately, things just kind of never worked out and never could truly find his shot. And um, you know, best of luck to him in the future. But uh, th- this really shouldn't have come as a surprise and there were some rumors you know possible off the you know off the court stuff in the locker room and stuff like that i won't speculate because i don't have that knowledge firsthand um but matt cross going elsewhere does not seem like that big of a surprise dre davis on the other hand it seemed like that was a little bit more 50 50 but when his little brother tay davis who was a 2022 signee was allowed to be released from his national letter of intent it seemed like it was all but certain the writing was on the wall that dre was going to be um you know probably following his brother and it seems like they're probably going to be a package deal uh, but Dre's a little bit more um it's a little bit bigger of a loss 7.4 points per game three rebounds um 20.8 from the three-point line uh 42.7 percent from uh the field as a whole um i think what we'll miss most about Dre is like you know kind of like matt cross the hustle the effort um you know unrelentless work ethic on both ends of the court um for all of the eternity of when you know, entirety, I guess you say, not eternity, entirety of his minutes on the court. Um, I think that we kind of saw a little bit of regression offensively for Davis this season. Um, you know, three point shooting didn't come around either, but like I mentioned, you can't really hold that against these guys considering that this team necessarily didn't have an offensive identity all year long. And it seemed like the coaching aspect of things didn't really do the players any favors in terms of development. I do think that Dre Davis is a, is, um, you know, a rotation, a rotational piece on a winning team. So I'm very interested to see where he and Tay land if they land on the same team. I think that Dre Davis is a contributor at the Power 5 level. We've seen that, but we do wish him the best of luck. It sucks that he's leaving and, um, you know, wish him the best of luck. Noah Locke, on the other hand, if you would have asked me two months ago, what's Noah Locke's future looking like next season? I would have told you that he he would be pursuing a professional um, route, uh, whether that be in the G League and the NBA, uh, overseas, you know, so on and so forth. Um, but you know, entering the transfer portal, um, so it looks like he's going to try to uh, go out uh, with a bang next season and and you know show that he has a little bit more efficiency on the offensive end. Noah Locke came into the university, um, had a little bit of like I talked about, a little bit of unfair expectations. Um, 
you know, viewed as a number one scoring option, maybe came to Louisville to try to be that number one scoring option, led the team in points per game 9.6, shot the ball 34.2% from behind the arc. Overall, this was a team that didn't necessarily shoot the ball well at all. Noah Locke didn't necessarily live up to the expectations of being the shooter that he was, uh, was streaky at best at times. Um, You know, definitely appreciate his leadership. It looked like defensively he struggled here and there, but ultimately at the end of the day, you know, we wish him the best of luck. You know, one year of eligibility, he definitely can go to a place and um, you'll be a fantastic shooter, you know, catching situations or creating his own shot. But I think that um, for no lock to succeed um, or to see mass levels of, you know, success at the, uh, at his next stop, it's going to be in a role to where it emphasizes and allows him to be uh, predominantly a shooter, and then uh, you know, kind of a you know an, an initiator as kind of like a secondhand um, you know a responsibility. So collectively, I think that this is pretty self-explanatory. You know, Matt Cross, Dre Davis, Noah Locke, and, and some of these other players, the Cardinals have to get better. There, there's no surprise that Kenny Payne and company are cleaning house or so to speak or whatever terms you want to use um team has to be a better three-point shooting team as well and and all three guys didn't necessarily live up to that expectation this season um and it's just kind of the it's how you know these things work we wish them the best of luck there are no hard feelings at least from my side from the fan side of things um, hopefully they find a situation in which they are able to succeed in ways in which they've never been able to succeed before. And we wish them the best of luck all individually in the entirety of the their basketball careers coming up. So shouldn't necessarily be as a surprise. Um, you know, Louisville opens up scholarships to, you know, allow Kenny Payne to, you know, show that, um, you know, those recruiting skills and try to put together a team that might be able to, you know, at least try to contend in the top half of the ACC and, you know, make the NCAA tournament. So we will talk about the roster whenever we get some roster news. But as for this episode of the show, we'll end this week with a weekly mailbag segment. I did not forget. Um, unfortunately had, like I mentioned on yesterday's show, had some Wi-Fi issues again. So wasn't really able to record on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, but yesterday's show went smooth. Today's show's going smooth. Hopefully that momentum carries over. Um, but I'll tell you what also is going smooth, and that is all the information that you can get from Bet Online. It allows you know the betting experience to go smoothly. It's your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Final segment of the show dedicated to the weekly mailbag. And there are some solid questions. Unfortunately, I had to leave some out um, because of the um, you know the sheer number of questions that I got. Um but I, I wanted to uh, answer a couple of these. Uh, the first one, kind of in, in direct relation to what I was talking about in the second segment in the football recruiting aspect. Or I'm sorry, the first segment. Um, with Pierce Clarkson's tweet talking about the 
Cali to the Ville pipeline not necessarily being done yet. Who are some of the players that you think um, or prospects you think could be, um, you know, players that he is talking about? And I think that this is uh, could be any number of guys. Uh, you know, maybe you know some players that we know about, some that we don't. I think um, you know DeAndre Moore, the uh, high four star receiver. Uh, is probably one that most Louisville fans, um, you know, know the know the most, have heard about the most. Uh, he would be a, a possible guy. Um, Jayshon Frosto Ramos, the four-star defensive back uh, from St. John Bosco, uh, high four-star defensive back Aaron Williams, who's from Centennial, California. Um, th- those three are probably the ones that I've been hearing about the most in terms of, um, you know, Louisville prioritizing. And, and it seems like that's the case and when, when you see, um, you know, the, the social media love that, um, you know, these recruits are giving Louisville. But ultimately, no inside information at this time. But I, I guess those will be the three that I would maybe guess one of those three maybe is who Pierce Clarkson is, talk about, is talking about. But then again, cannot necessarily confirm. Um, the next question going on. And this kind of relates to uh, Donovan Mitchell, a former Louisville Cardinal star. How long do you think Donovan is going to last in Utah? Could he force his way out of the organization as early as this summer? Well, um, I'll be honest. I, I don't know the answer to that. I don't even know how to answer that until I see what happens in um, you know the playoffs coming up. Because I think that um, if the Jazz are able to make the Western Conference Finals, or even if they're able to make the NBA Finals, I think that the the tune changes. Um, but if we see another instance like last season where the Jazz flame out a little earlier than expected, um, you know Donovan goes off and the rest of his team he has some trouble. Um, with the supporting cast, I, I think it's a possibility you may you know, have a, a disgruntled star in Donovan Mitchell. Now, obviously, all speculation, but I would assume that if I were the Utah Jazz, it's probably going to be a situation where if Donovan does get into that disgruntled state where he's like, okay, something has to happen or I'm requesting a trade, and obviously all hypothetical, um, stuff like that, I think that you would see an instance to where the organization would be willing to move on with the likes, you know, move on from the likes of Rudy Gobert and company trying to get a different star in there to um, be a little bit more uh, compatible, I-, I should say, more cohesive with Donovan Mitchell's playing style before they would actually, you know, try to move Donovan Mitchell. So I, I think it's a little bit premature. Um, but if Utah does lose early, we, we've you know seen time and time again that things tend to change very quickly in the NBA landscape. So um, it really just kind of all depends on how Utah does in the playoffs coming up later this month. So hopefully Donnie and the Jazz have some solid success here in the postseason. Last question I want to talk about uh, kind of relates to uh, – basketball uh, in terms of the roster breakdown how do you see Kenny Payne addressing the uh, the rest of the roster when it comes to you know high school recruiting transfer portal and stuff like that um this is a really good question I, I think I should do a segment on this at some point um with seven scholarships remaining um I, I think that it seems like right now the belief is that um you know, Sidney Curry, L. Ellis, J.J. Trainer, 
Mike James, Jalen Withers, and uh, four-star signee Kamari Lance are going to be the returning players or you know arriving players of next year's team. Um, so you thirteen scholarships in total. Obviously, thirteen minus six is seven. Dalton, there you go, easy math lesson. Um, so seven scholarships open. I think that you you can't play all thirteen players. You want to have probably a rotation of eight to ten guys at the most. So I could see Kenny Payne going with three players, um, you know, 2022 recruits or maybe even a, a younger transfer with multiple years of college eligibility to kind of fill out the end of the roster uh, as sort of project level players that, you know, he and the coaching staff can um, use, you know, over the season and off season to develop. But I think that you're going to see maybe, you know, two to three transfers that are going to make a difference and, and possibly some higher level transfer guy and higher level recruit guys. So I think that you're going to see probably, um, probably four to five impact guys next season. And then, um, you know, two to three guys who are going to be in situations where it's kind of a, a learn and develop, you know, role for them for next season. So, if I had to take a guess, I mean, I'd probably say, I'd say, probably four transfers and three high school recruits. Um, now, whether that's reclassifies or all 2022 guys in terms of the high school recruiting, I'm not sure, but that's kind of um, that would be my, um, you know, my prediction. So. That's going to wrap up this week of the Locked On Louisville show. Um, before we get out of here, I want to give a, a shout-out to the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast. You can check out the most rep- recent episode at cardinalsportszone.com. Thanks for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day. Now do yourself a favor. Make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. But – That's going to wrap up this Friday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day, and we will see you right back here, not tomorrow, Monday. Sorry about that. Have a good one. Have a good weekend. Go Cards.